Hey, Alex. Yeah, Addison? Do you like podcasts? Well, that's kind of a loaded question. <laughs> I don't see how. Uh, okay, yes. Yes, I like podcasts. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. That's the right answer. I've got a new podcast to tell you about, and it is a new personal favorite of mine, as they are great friends of the show, and it is called Alexandria Archives. It is the South's answer to Miskatonic University. Surely you're not talking about the Alexandria Archives that can be found at WHAU Signal on Twitter? I am the very same. They can also be found at www.alexandriaarchives.com. That's Alexandria, spelled like Alex, like your name, followed by A-N-D-R-I-A, and then archives, A-R-C-H-I-V-E-S.com. It's a really cool show that has elements of, how did you describe it to me once, Alex? Night Vale meets Radio Free Roscoe? Yeah. I think that sounds like a pretty cool show. It's a campus radio station, basically set in an alternate dimension in the Southern American United States, so. And it's a pretty good time, and if you tune in, you might hear a couple of familiar voices as well. I mean, it's a possibility. It can be found, again, on iTunes, can be found on their website, alexandriaarchives.com, and on Twitter at WHAU Signal. And it is really worth your time. If you like shows like Welcome to Night Vale, or if you enjoy fiction with elements of out of this world kind of aspects while keeping the comedy, you'll really enjoy it. We recommend it. Yeah, yeah, Wendigos. Yeah, yeah, Wendigos. At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. The deep, dark water stirs. Something ancient rises from the deep. Don't forget to wear your floaties. Thank you. And enjoy the show. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That means us, and if you're listening, it means you too. This is Alex Flanagan. This is <clears throat> oh, this is Addison Peacock, <laughs> and she's dying. No. She's not actually dying. No. That's a dangerous thing to say on a podcast right. about all sorts of horrible creatures that grab you in the middle of the night. Mm. It's also difficult on an audio format because, like, the people don't know. <laughs> You're right. They can't see that you are still alive and well. I'm not actively being murdered at this moment in time. I am as fine as I can be when I just botched my intro. So no, her windpipe just sort of violently rejected the Starbucks she tried to put down it, so... That's what happened. <laughs> it was fine. Don't tell them what it did. They don't know. I could be lying. I could be making all of this up. <laughs> mm, and that's the thing with an audio format, kids. We create your reality. Someday we'll have a live show and they'll know all of our lies. <laughs> I kind of already happened with the live stream. A little bit, yeah. There there was a little bit. Like, you you have seen our human forms now. You know what we, you look, know what like we look like and how we move through space uh, and how few tentacles we actually just, have. <laughs> well, I mean... You couldn't see them above the table, is all I'm gonna say. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I'm like Ursula the Sea Witch below the waist. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. have like tentacles coming out of my sides, just like everywhere. Business on the top, party on his uh, tentacles. That the party? party on all the tentacles. Party on all the tentacles. Um, yeah, anyway, okay, so uh, this week is my cryptid, actually. So, Addison, I have a little riddle for you. Mmm. 
okay, I like riddles. Is this like um the one that's like a you hold I don't remember it, but the answer is an egg. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like you hold it and it's uh, it's nothing like that okay. because the answer is not an egg. Oh, okay. So well, I don't know how much I'll like it. Give a little bit of it away, right? I don't now. know how much I'll like it, but okay. Uh, but no, it's a riddle to help you figure out what this week's cryptid is. Okay. So uh, here it is, and I, this is not originally my riddle. This comes from somebody who mm. had something to say about the creature I'm researching. Here it is for you. Okay. What's round, flat, and full of arms? <laughs> Excuse me? Round, flat, full of arms. Go. Just full of them. Addison, just so full of arms. Uh, um, an American military base? <laughs> Ayy! Ay. Because it's so army. Yeah. No, it's bad. That's very bad. It's the Kraken. Oh my god. Like from the deep. From the deep, it rises. Uh. Yeah, the Kraken. Um, okay, so in post, please, anytime I say the the Kraken, put in like a huge thunder crash. Mm. So I'm like Kraken, and it's like Psh! I'm totally gonna do Just that, like and that. I'm definitely not gonna forget. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> of course. You would never. It would be so dope if I actually remembered to add in one of the effects I claim I'm going to add in after the fact. <laughs> We're just forcing people to use their imagination. Mm-hmm. So this week's scripted is the Kraken. Mm-hmm. The Kraken. You're <laughs> cracking me up. Oh. <laughs> Let's go I the am next. the punman now. That's going on the next sticker set for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, it's got a. I am the punman now. All right. It's absolutely got a. So what do you know about the Kraken? I know started? that it uh, messes some mad shit up mm-hmm. in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it... I don't acknowledge that Pirates of the Caribbean movie. That's understandable. The first one was good. The, the rest of them... The first one is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen, I think, the first two, because the second one's the one with the Kraken in it. Yeah, anyway. Um, I know it it dwells in the ocean. Mm-hmm. I know it, like, can div- it, like, crushes ships with its mighty many arms. <laughs> with all of its many with arms. so many arms. Excuse me. I know that... It has been, not written off, but it has been partially explained by, like, the existence of the giant squid. Uh-huh. Um, I know that there's a train. Um, there sure is. Mm. And honestly, aside from the fact that it's, like, the the big boogeyman of, like, people on the ocean, like, the sailors and, like, people who spend a lot of their time on the ocean, like, it's their, it's the boogeyman of the ocean a lot, of, a lot of the time. I don't really know a lot about it. Yeah, so those are all pretty good starting points. It's That's a, a really it's great place a to start. It's a brand of rum. Yes. It also, also that. It's pretty good, Yeah, actually. I just like the label, especially. It's, it's a got really all, great It's label. got all them tentacles on it. Um, but yeah, cool. that's a great place to start with the Kraken. Mm-hmm. So before we go any further with the Kraken, it's important to make a distinction that you sort of alluded to, mm-hmm. which is that nowadays in common thought, we've sort of associated the Kraken and the giant or colossal squid in our minds. And there are reasons for that. There are a lot of similarities. You know, the many, many arms and the crushing <laughs> oh, of ships many. and the terrorizing of the ocean. All of that makes perfect sense. And for all the skeptics out there trying to find a way to justify these stories that these sailors were telling, the squid seems like a natural fit. It seems like a cut and dry, like, mm-hmm. boom, this is it. Case solved. File closed. Excellent. Which is kind of what I was expecting to find. But as I delved more into the lore of the Kraken, I found out that they're pretty significantly different in a lot of ways, actually. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. Um, so the squid, you all know how a squid works, right? Like, you've seen the general shape business of a squid. Oh, yeah. And if you don't know what a squid looks like, you're in... Honey, you got a big storm coming. They're weird. <laughs> so, yeah. It's got, like, a, a, a dorsal fin on the top of its head. It has a dorsal fin. It's. I think that counts as its dorsal fin. Oh. Oh. It's yeah, on the, the top of its head. Pointy, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know why I was here thinking of it being on its back like a shark, and I was... Well, that is what dorsal means, but, like, the, yeah. the general layout of mm-hmm. it is, is backwards. So, mm-hmm. the, the fin on the top of its head 
um, mm -hmm, which maybe it's a ventral fin. I'm not sure, but it's up there. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's sort of like the way it navigates itself through the water. Yeah. It's got a tube-shaped body and then all of these legs coming out the bottom of it. It's got two large eyes basically on either side of its body. Um, and it also has an ink sac. It has a beak down in between all of those legs. I dissected some in high school. Yeah, this, the beak um, freaks me out. The beak is a lot, but <laughs> we're not going to worry about that too much. Uh, I'm going to worry about it is the thing. I'm going to worry about it a lot. Um, so anyway, that's that's basically your squid makeup. Mm -hmm. um, and so those come in varying sizes. There are some squids that are very, very small, like mm. really, really small, like super cute. Like small, little babies. Like tiny yeah. babs. Um, and then there are some that are just so, so huge. Yeah. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we still have never, don't have any thing of a colossal squid alive. Right? Uh, no, I don't believe we have ever, like, actually gathered evidence of the colossal squid alive. Because we've only found them dead as Right. Most understand. people are positive they exist. Well, I mean, we've seen them dead. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, and those are enormous. Yeah. But the kraken is something different, and the mm -hmm. kraken is something entirely scarier, because no matter oh. how big you think the colossal squid is, the kraken is generally estimated to be about a mile wide. <gasps> oh, my sweet baby Jesus. Yep. A mile, a mile and a half. Oh my god, like, I don't talk about this a lot because, like, we're talking about a lot of, like, very non-real, like, or, like, very, like, mm -hmm. non-realistic fears on this show a lot of the time, but I am petrified of, like, deep ocean water. I have thalassophobia, and so the idea of, of like, the Kraken already made me nervous, but it's, uh, like, a mile wide beneath the mm -hmm. surface of the ocean. Oh, yes. gee. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm, like, seizing up. Ugh. Now, I will have some stuff later that'll make you feel better about that. Okay. Um, but, yeah, a mile to a mile and a half wide. And what's interesting about this is part of the um, reasoning for what makes the Kraken kind of creepy mm -hmm. is that there are people who believed that you could literally be, like, on the back of a Kraken, like, thinking it was a small island and not knowing. So like, you know, the turtle in like the Legend of Zelda games where it's like the island yeah. on its back, like that's a Kraken thing. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, cause that's like a, that's like when it's a turtle, that's like a, that's a really like sweet, like kind of nice, like bit of Native American folklore. I was in like a play about it in third grade. Mm -hmm. uh, I was like a narrator talking about how the world was like on the back of a turtle and stuff. And like, that's real sweet. And I like that cause turtles are like gentle and nice and they like to hang out. I don't want to I don't want to. I don't want to be in. I don't want to be on its back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure you're not on its back. We're in a place right now that is much wider than a mile. I know, but I'm going to be at the beach. Several layers next of civilization. Week. I'm going to well, be at the beach next week. Well, you should have given me a heads up so we could have done a different episode. No, but it's the Twitter okay. Paul spoke, and this is what we got. Oh no, actually, it just seems more timely now. That's true. I'm just not going to go in the ocean. I'm just going to stay on the shore and <laughs> laugh at all the fools and the Kraken's domain. Well, here's the other thing: is that you'd have to be pretty far out for the Kraken to be relevant, right? That's true. Like anywhere that you're going to be swimming in the ocean, the Kraken's not really an issue because mm -hmm. something that is a mile wide needs a lot of swimming room. <laughs> it's not just going to edge right up to the beach and get you. <laughs> yeah, he's got to swim in the it's deep end It's a little of the large pool. to navigate in those I areas. I know this. So, yeah. I'm going to write a horror movie where the Kraken comes up to the like edge of the <laughs> shore and starts grabbing folks. Uh, so another thing about the Kraken that's interesting is that its origins are decidedly Nordic. So a lot of people don't think of it as a Nordic yeah. creature, right? We we um we have some associations with the Kraken in Greek mythology, with the whole like Scylla and Charybdis thing, yeah. um, and like all those sea monsters that we talk about in various realms in Poseidon's domain, mm -hmm. or like, yeah, uh, I just sailors from like Portugal being worried that monsters at the edge of the world would drag you down, like yeah. that all seems very sort of Eurocentric, yeah, um, and that's you know fair to a point, but the the Norwegian and like. 
Viking-esque sailor lore is where the Kraken actually comes from. Oh, well, that makes sense because, to be honest, like, Norse mythology is metal as all hell. Like, oh, yeah, no, it seriously yeah. is. Like, the Kraken is solidly in the domain of, like, the thrash metal bands from Norway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, like, I, I'm not too surprised, but I am a little bit just because I think I so deeply associate sea monsters with Greek mythology mm-hmm. that that is where my mind immediately goes with it. Oh, that's really interesting. I had absolutely no idea. Yeah, so let me go ahead and read you um, what is perhaps the most detailed description of the Kraken. Oh, it's yeah, drop it from, on me. Yeah, it's uh, written in the a book called The Natural History of Norway from 1755, and this is by Danish oh, historian Eric Pontopadin. I'm really excited uh, to hear this description because I can't wait to know what my nightmares are going to look like tonight. Yeah, right? So he notes that the beast is, again, round, flat, and full of arms or branches. <laughs> branches? <laughs> Branches. Um, I think he means branches in, like, appendages. Oh, I know what he means. Assuming they're arms, but maybe they're branches. I know what he means, but I hate it. (laughs) And it is, quote-unquote, the largest and most surprising of all the animal creation. (laughs) (laughs) What's surprising? How many arms it has? That's pretty surprising. There are a lot of various fishermen he cites in his account who unanimously affirm and without the least variation in their accounts. So these accounts are all like pretty much spot on corroborating each other. Oh boy. That if you row out several miles into the Norwegian Sea in the summer, you're in serious danger of falling victim to the Kraken. You'll know when you start reeling in an inordinate amount of fish. It's the Kraken that's scaring them toward the surface, but escaping from its clutches is not impossible. If you're an accomplished rower, you can get out of there pretty well. And if you find yourself out of danger, You can just, like, chill for a few seconds, sit back and watch, and the enormous monster will come to the surface of the water. Its back is a mile and a half in circumference and looks at first like a number of small islands. God. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so it is similar to another mythical sea critter, which is the island whale, which is again... (gasps) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but see, you're making, like, a cool, fun smile, though, but, like, the island whale's not necessarily a great thing either. Mm. Because... The island whale is a large beast that sailors mistake for land and, like, harbor their ships there. But once you build a fire on its back, it heaves up and drives you to your doom. Okay, that's fair. So that's but to be fair, I don't blame the island whale because if someone starts making a fire on my back, I'm going to want to get down yeah, to the water. Right. absolutely. What I think is, I think that, the, what I mean is, I guess, to say, I think that the island whale's intentions are not, it has no malice in its heart. Well, I don't know that the kraken does either. I guess it is just a predator. Like I mean, you would you would think the kraken does, but here's the other thing. So mm-hmm. let's just let's keep going a little bit further. Yeah. Into okay. This take take me a little further. Um, the kraken is a little bit more, I guess, specific in its attacks. It doesn't just like wait for you to do this thing and then drag you down. Like okay. it's not it's not that clumsy of a mechanism. Mm. Um, this historian describes the emergence of the supposed island by saying here and there a larger rising is observed, like sandbanks, on which various kinds of small fishes are seen continuously leaping about till they roll off into the water from the sides of it. At last, several bright points or horns appear, which grow thicker and thicker the higher they rise above the surface of the water, and sometimes they stand up as high and as large as the masts of middle-sized vessels. Jeez. So the horns he's talking about are obviously the many, many arms of the kraken. (sighs) Um, So the kraken will crush your ship. Yeah, of course it will. Its arms are large enough and strong enough that it will just pull you down. It's going to give you a death hug. But the Kraken is not actively hunting humans. So why is it... Is it trying to cross the ship, or is this a... I'm sorry, but is this a Lenny from a Mice and Men situation? It's not trying to hug you, no. (laughs) That's not it at all. (laughs) I don't know that the Kraken distinguishes between kinds of things it encounters in the ocean. Okay. I think a creature that large, that has to intake that much material to survive. It's just... And a creature that has to, by necessity, live that deep wouldn't have very strong 
visual acuity. Yeah, it's just... Right? Okay. So, I mean, judging what we know of evolutionary biology, creatures that live there, like, things sort of become um, vestigial at some point, mm-hmm. you know? it's If the kraken has eyes, they're probably vestigial in nature. Right. If the kraken has any sort of real sensory acuity, it's not going to last very long because it doesn't need it. Yeah. All it needs to do is be able to seek out big things and consume them. Like, that's the Kraken's biological imperative. It's just eating. It's just eating things. And if you are, like, bigger than a large school of fish that is maybe scared off or taken away by your fishing habits, then the Kraken's gonna come up and get you because it's gonna be like, okay, this is worth the most bang for my buck, right? Like, this is a comparatively little amount of effort to expend for a comparatively large amount of food. Yeah. Okay, I mean... See, when you put it like that, I want to sympathize, but at the same time, it's still, like, consuming ships full of people. Right, but the Kraken actually would be perfectly happy just consuming fish. So it's our fault for going into its domain? Uh, yeah, it's kind of like uh, Mines of Moria, you dug too deep kind of thing. Like, oh. You know? Or, like, kind of like how, um, uh, people talk about, a like, um like, shark infestations in, like, parts of the ocean, and I'm like, that's where they live. They yeah, live there. Exactly. I mean, the Kraken is just where the Kraken goes. Yeah, you know what infests the ocean? People. We don't go there. That's are not... we an invasive species, Addison? In the ocean, we are. We are, kind of. And uh, the Kraken's here to clean it up. So the Kraken rises from the deep, crushes your ship, drags you down. Mm-hmm. The dangerous thing about the Kraken is that if you manage to escape... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say the dangerous thing. I was going to say, you say yeah. that as if there's not... I'm you sorry. didn't just say a dangerous thing. Uh, yeah. Where the Kraken gets you is if that you manage to escape this initial attack... When the Kraken withdraws back into the deep, mm. it's so large and its force is so strong that withdrawing will, in fact, cause a whirlpool, <gasps> which might then drag you down. Um, so it is kind of the duality of Scylla still, I was just about to say, this is Scylla and Charybdis. Mm-hmm. Okay, see, now my brain is, like, firing on all cylinders and, c- cylinders and thinking that this is absolutely real because it, it exists in Norse mythology and I, what the Greeks wrote about Scylla and Charybdis, it was this. This is what I'm believing fully. I be- wholeheartedly am believing this now. You want me to take you a little deeper down this rabbit take hole? Me d- take me down the whirlpool. Let's freaking right, go. So let's go a little bit further. I got my floaties on. So let's you're go. ready to believe it's real, right? Mm-hmm. You are ready? Mm-hmm. Some scientists are, too. <laughs> Oh shit! Well, here's the thing. Honestly, re- like really quickly before you get into that, like I, I'm the I'm a molder and I want to believe in everything I read mm-hmm. about like this. But specifically the ocean, where we have only discovered a tiny percentage of the stuff that lives down there, I am pretty much willing to believe there's anything down in the ocean. Yeah. So, um, a French zoologist, a prominent French zoologist named uh, Pierre Denis de Montfort, was studying giant cephalopods in the 1700s, and he believed this thing was real. Yeah. There, his evidence for believing so was a little bit questionable. There were some specific ships he was citing in a case study, and those ships were, in fact, just lost in a, a sea storm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we, it could have been the Kraken. We don't know. But the much more scientifically sound proof comes from the fact that ichthyosaur bones yeah. from ancient days have been discovered in patterns similar to the way that octopuses place the bones of their meals. So there are, like, some large dinosaur-esque bones that we have just sort of classified as these you know, Cretaceous sea monsters that mimic the patterns of the kinds of things that we're thinking a kraken would be similar to. But more interestingly, uh-huh. um, one discovered rib cage shows signs of constriction as if a large tentacle was wrapped around. <gasps> oh my god. Oh my god. If these swords were pretty hefty creatures, some of them were as long as 30 feet. Oh my god. So it would have taken a pretty large cephalopod to catch and eat and constrict it in that way. I have goosebumps. I have chills. Yeah, so some paleontologists have found these old skeletons of sea-dwelling dinosaurs 
that have been constricted and and left in the same way that giant cephalopods would leave the oh remains of Oh my god. So even if the kraken doesn't necessarily exist actively today, it most definitely did. There is certainly evidence to support that. Yeah, yeah that is. See, that makes sense to me because there's something like, like obviously, again, it's all real, everything's real, but like, the kraken seems so primeval to me that like, it, it, it's one of those things that I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. In like the days of woolly mammoths and the days mm-hmm. of dinosaurs, absolutely the kraken would exist. And uh, like, and again, we know so little about the ocean. What's down there? I don't know. No mermaids, really I bet. At all. Like mermaids, I bet. Probably, probably, um, probably like all kinds of crazy fish, like all kinds of weird stuff. We know so little about it. You've ever seen like? I mean, you have anglerfish. That doesn't look like something that's real. That doesn't look like something that should exist. I mean, it shouldn't exist. The anglerfish is good. You leave the anglerfish alone. I'll never forgive the anglerfish for what I tried to do to Marlon and Dory. That's understandable, <laughs> except for it was just operating on its predatory instinct and doing what it was Much designed like to do. Much like the kraken. You're right. So, um, ha- but but does the kraken have the most bizarre and like sadly uh, hilarious uh, mating process of all time, where the male is like really really tiny and literally dissolves into the female's side until he's does no longer exist uh, and they fuse and become one here's organism? Here's the thing: if the kraken we're seeing is a tiny kraken. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think about the much larger kraken that thing would be dissolving into. So let's not go down that road. No, I'm thinking we're seeing the big one and there's like a little one. Maybe just... octopuses are actually just male krakens. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, the, you know what? It, the colossal squid, the colossal is, the squid is the male kraken and it just dissolves into the side of the larger female kraken. <laughs> like the anglerfish. Like the anglerfish. That's, you're probably actually right. Anglerfish are a great metaphor for codependent <laughs> relationships. Anyway, um... Anyway, okay. <laughs> that's not anything. It's a separate thing. It's not anything. So uh, the you kraken, my, po- uh, my compos- compilation of uh, love poems about sea life. I don't have that. Very good. All right. So the kraken originally comes from Norwegian folklore, as we have sort of alluded to. Yeah. Um, it comes originally from a 13th century Norse legend where, mm. and I'm going to butcher this pronunciation. I apologize I'm in. in advance. It's all good. The hero, um, Orvar Odar, and his son came into contact with two threatening creatures from the deep. One of these encounters is later described in detail by a Norwegian educational text written in the same century called the Konungskugsja. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kraken, kraken, the word, comes from a Norwegian word, um, krake, which is probably related to the German uh, word of the same spelling, which literally means octopus. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. And it also makes sense why then we would have these cephalopodic um, associations with the kraken nowadays, mm-hmm. because the kraken itself is not really described in the same way. Mm-hmm. So again, we were talking earlier, there is somewhat of a confusion between the squid and the octopus and that mental image that we have yeah. associated with the kraken and what the kraken actually is. Well, in its initial descriptions, yeah. the kraken is actually probably more crab-like, if anything. Because you think it's large, it's flat, it's kind of rounded, and it has all these spindly arms... Um, and the arms we now think of as tentacles, like, coming up and wrapping around things, but in its initial, earliest descriptions, those arms are probably, I mean, like, he described them as branches, right? They're probably more like crab legs. I don't know why, but that is so much worse. It's worse, right? It's very bad. I, that is so much worse. (laughs) That is so much worse. Why is that worse? I don't even know why is that so much worse. I'm not sure why that's worse. I don't know why that's worse to you. I think maybe because your brain has sort of gotten used to thinking of Mm -hmm. the Kraken in one way. And so, like, now you're being forced to think of some new horrifying thing. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. Um, Also, crabs, like, are something that I don't know why because they're little and I could totally take them in a fight. But they make me nervous. It's their eyes. 
Oh, yeah. It's their little eye stalks. <laughs> Even the word eye stalk makes me uncomfortable. I like, like eye the stalks. word mouthfeel. I Ugh. hate that. I like little eye stalks on exactly one thing, and it is snails, because snails are pure. <laughs> um, it would also freak me out, though, if there was, like, a one that was a mile and a half wide. If oh, there God. was a snail that big, I would lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about that, though, is it would want no, like, it would, it would have no quarrel with you. No, probably not, <laughs> but it also would not cry if it accidentally just rolled over me with its large slimy body <laughs> oh no and you would go so slowly it too. would be terrible <laughs> oh, no. i'm not ready i'm gonna have to do some research and see if there are any like slugger stale type cryptids because... oh my god if you cover a slug cryptid on this show you have to give me warning okay I'm you sorry. have to you're right you're there right. are like some weird deep childhood <laughs> primal like horrible experiences with slugs and i just can't we it's can't okay. go down that road if you ever cover a, a jellyfish cryptid you have to warn me because i will I let you know i don't know why they're the thing in the ocean that scares me the most because again there's something i can totally take they're not that big unless you're dealing with like a portuguese man of war uh, it's because they have no remorse it's because <laughs> jellyfish are incapable of feeling bad about killing you it's because they're you're right i think the thing that makes me the most afraid about jellyfish is that they have no pity i think it's also because they're intrinsically inhuman right like yeah. there is nothing about a jellyfish that resembles human anatomy and yeah that makes us uncomfortable it makes like, me so uncomfortable like as weird as this sounds to say like even snails are more human-like than jellyfish because snails at least have eyes and a mouth that yeah. we recognize yeah like snails have a little face we and know I, where the face is yeah and jellyfish seen, who knows i've seen a little video of a snail eating a cucumber slice and i'm like oh look at him jellyfish like don't we have nothing to relate to when we right. look at a jellyfish. There's no way to anthropomorphize a jellyfish. Like, there isn't. Even Finding Nemo didn't do it. Yeah, because you can't. You can't. You can't do it. They don't have a mouth. Uh, I'm <laughs> yeah, and that's like a whole nother road that actually I love going down. I love going down the conversation of like why we are scared of the things that we are and like what makes that mm -hmm. such a weird thing. But this is about the Kraken. I know, so, I know, I know. Um, uh, I, just, so just I have a lot of ocean fear. Yeah, right. so just back to touch on a couple more things about the Kraken real quick. Mm -hmm. I did mention that the Kraken would be perfectly content to eat fish, just like all the live long day. And what's interesting about that is the Kraken has several natural built-in mechanisms for just that purpose. So apparently the Kraken emits a particular scent yeah. that is somewhat pleasant and that draws fish in. It's kind of like earthy. Mm. Um, so it's kind of got like this this earthy... The historical reports really just account it as like peculiar. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just like this different scent that's not like anything else. But it attracts fish in droves. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why when you start seeing like a lot of fish all of a sudden, you know a crack and attack is near. Oh, that's like damn. the warning sign. Um, another weird thing that's like a little bit strange here, uh -huh. and you're not ready for this. I'm not. I'm not. Kraken feces are a natural fish bait. Well, if the fish are nasty. <laughs> fish, come on. <laughs> those fish are dirty. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with those fish. <laughs> no, I'm not going to yuck any yums, but those fish are dirty. But yeah, um, apparently, like, that's a thing. So, like, mm -hmm. and I actually, like, I'm a little confused. I don't know if they're actually, like, kraken feces or if we just, like, that's the only thing these people could assume. Yeah, I was going to say. Because it sounds to me, like, the, from the descriptions, it sounds a little bit like, when squids like release a cloud of ink right like that's yeah. not that's not feast that's not fecal material that's no. something totally different i was just say also yeah that's my biggest thing is i'm like how do you know what kraken feces is or where it is or what we haven't even found one for real i don't know what you think you know about its poop yeah i don't know but that's what all the accounts like fairly aligned in that regard that's, now again i'm gonna yeah. say my suspicion is that it's an entirely different like system entirely like um mm -hmm. because again i've dissected squid mm -hmm. and they have like a different 
sack that is just for the ink. You can yeah. actually cut it open and write with the ink. It's, like, really weird. That is so cool, but also one of the more upsetting things I've thought about today. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, it's already, you know, I know, no, I know you didn't it in a very scientific oh, way. Oh, no, I know you didn't, like, murder it or, like, kill it in front of its family. I just mean, No, like, I did not. <laughs> it was just, like, the end of the year and we were, like, all done exams, so our biology teacher was like, hey, I have all these dissections left over. You guys want to do some? And because we were nerds, <laughs> we absolutely did. I just, I'm um, too squeamish. I get I get so squeamish. I I wish I wish I could be like down with cutting into a squid zigzag. Here's the thing: the first time I did a dissection, I was actually super nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was paired up with. This is, see, okay, this is where it gets weird mm-hmm. because like if this was our first episode and I knew we had like a total of two listeners, I would feel totally comfortable using names of like real people I went to middle school with. Mm-hmm. But, like I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't use real names. Um, I think you can probably use first names. I wouldn't use somebody's whole name. Don't, like, even if you're being <laughs> Don't nice, drag just, them don't like Don't put that. them on blast. No, so I remember I was in middle school, right, and I was in seventh grade mm-hmm. science class. Yeah. And this was the first time we were ever getting ready to do a dissection, and we were doing frog dissections. Ah, and, yes. um, I was paired with, uh, this friend of mine named Blaine, and... Blaine was, like, totally fine guy, and he was super convinced, like, he was ready for this dissection. Oh, no. And I was kind of like, oh, not really sure how this will go, but okay. And so we have our dissection kits, and they're the old middle school dissection kits, and so they're Mm -hmm. not very good, and none of the tools are very sharp. And so we start actually cutting into this frog, and it smells like formaldehyde, and everything's awful. And Blaine, like, starts dissecting it, and then realizes, like, 30 seconds in that he is not ready. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, all of the blood just drains out of this poor, already pale, redheaded child's face. Oh, no. And <laughs> Help him. I just reach over and I'm like, well, we're doing this. And I just, like, pull open the frog sternum and it was, like, pulls me to head from there. Oh, God. I have done one dissection ever, I think, in my, uh, like, uh, academic career because most of the science courses I took in high school, deliberately, I picked ones I didn't have mm. to do dissections for because of this experience. When I was in sixth grade, we were dissecting fish. And I am, uh, like, and I was, like, not was, still am, like, I don't want to surprise you guys, but I'm a huge nerd and like a big old Dorcas. But uh, I was like, so I was like real ready. I like read all these nature books and like mm-hmm. loved looking at like anatomy of stuff. So I was like seeing it in person's even cooler. I like made my first cut, poked one of this fish, this fish's squishy organs and like not to get gross immediately became very ill. Yep. Um, yep. That, so you and Blaine are the yep, same. Yep, I became very ill. I'll tell you one thing, though. None of your friends really look at you the same way after you pull open a frog's rib cage with your bare hands. <laughs> wow, Alex. I wonder why. We had to get the dissection done. I know. We had to. Was it was in the name of science. I was going to say, is it because you are now, like, the Hannibal Lecter of frogs? No, actually. Like, I was still not, like, totally cool with it. Yeah. But I have this thing where, like, I... And I, I don't want to, like, word of this to get out because I'm going to find myself, like, trapped in some horrible Saw movie situation <laughs> where somebody is going to, like, put this to the test. <laughs> I will now be ready. But, um, I don't know. I have, like, this, this strong embedded sense of responsibility where it's, like, at times I can literally, like, mind over matter force myself to not be afraid of something because I know it needs to be done. So, like, I used to be very scared of spiders, right? Mm -hmm. And now I'm not. Because when I was helping my mom clean out the soccer sheds, there were, like, all these spiders that would gather in the sink. And she was like, I'm not touching them. So either you can turn on the faucet or drown them, or you can rescue them. And I'm like, I can't kill these spiders. I have to be the one. And so I was like, I didn't have anything to do. I just had to pick up these spiders barehanded and put them outside. And so now I'm not scared of spiders anymore. (laughs) You were their hero that day. (laughs) Now I'm the spider whisperer. See, that's the thing is, though, now they have a life debt to you. 
they do. So one day it will come back. <laughs> one day you will need to call on your army. I will. I will call on my army of spiders. Now, uh, we haven't called on Buddy Forbes in a little bit now, but can, and Buddy Forbes, can you do me a favor and, like, Photoshop <laughs> no. a picture of Alex riding on the back of, like, Aragog from the Harry Potter movies? I am the spider queen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, she is the queen of the arachnids. I'm the spider whisperer riding into battle against the Kraken's enemies. I don't think the Kraken's really done that much wrong. I think that the Kraken gets, like, wronged a little bit because, like, sailors were scared of him. Well, I mean, to be, like... Sorry, her. We've established that this large Kraken is the female, which absorbs all of the the female. female, She absorbs (laughs) all of the male Krakens into her giant, I guess... Gask chitiny body because she's like a crab. <laughs> well, I mean, it would be chitin either way. Like there might be a gelatinous covering over it, like with squids oh. and things, but like chitin is the their skeleton sort of deal anyway. Yeah, I just meant like like a- squids have like a chitinous shield. Oh there. yeah. Oh, I just like the word. This chitin. is an anatomy podcast now. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um. Welcome. We. I mean, we chat cryptid anatomy a fair amount of the time. I gotta ask you. I gotta ask yes. you. And I know. I think I already know. Like deep within my heart, deep within my soul, I've always known what the answer to this question is, which is that I don't think there are any. But can you? Do you have any survival tips for me? Yeah, actually, I do. <gasps> really? Okay. Um. So, did you ever play? There was, like, this arcade game for a while that, like, I loved mm-hmm. um, where you go into arcades and it was, like, set up like a whitewater raft. Okay. And you would, like, navigate through these various stages. Like, you and your friend would, like, set up each other, like, paddle the various ends of the whitewater thing and, like, to get through the, like, navigate. Yes. Did you ever play that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So, basically, um, you have to be real good at that game. My survival tip for the Kraken is, like, practice this game because when Uh-oh. your moment comes, when your moment comes and you have to row really fast around the edge of the whirlpool, as I one time managed out of all the hundred times I played this arcade yeah, game, you um, will be ready. I was gonna say, not only was I really bad at that arcade game, but, like, the one time I ever actually was, like, doing any kind of whitewater navigating, I was in a canoe on, like, a sixth grade mm-hmm. trip, and uh, we, like, hit a bump and t- our canoe turned around and we went backwards the entire way down the river. Oh, no! And it was so scary. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, there are survival tips. So, like, uh, this one, get real good at rowing. Like, oh, super, super okay, fast. Okay, okay. Um, right. But here's the thing, right? Like, the Kraken gives you plenty of warning that it's coming. Yeah. Um, we've talked about, like, there's the scent that the Kraken gives off. Mm-hmm. There's the fact that all of these fish will come swimming to the surface, like, very suddenly. Mm-hmm. And r- accounts say that you can get away from it. Like, mm-hmm. it's not insurmountable. Mm-hmm. But most times, like, when sailors who are out at sea trying to, like, bring in fish because that's their livelihood, when all of a sudden a whole bunch of fish come to the surface, rather than turning tail and sailing in the other direction quickly, like they should do, they try to catch as many fish as they can, right? Because yeah. it's like, well, we might as well, like, play odds with our lives. Yeah, Just I mean... Just turn and go. But Just also, turn and go. But it's your job. I get it. They're trying to make a living. Yeah, well... It's hard out here. It is hard out here for a Norwegian fisherman. Yeah. But the thing is that, like, if you're worried about supporting your family, like, dying in a Kraken attack's not gonna help your wife and kids. Okay, but what happens when Bjorn Sorry, goes... Bjorn. <laughs> I was just gonna call him Bjorn. <laughs> what happens when Bjorn goes back to the marketplace and has no fish? Uh, he has a great Kraken story instead. <laughs> All right, well, you know what? You can't eat a Kraken story. You're asking for survival tips. You didn't ask right. me for, like, strategic fishing jaunts. You're right. You I didn't, didn't ask, ask you for survival tips for I didn't ask you for how to make it in like the 14th century Norwegian economy. <laughs> yeah, that's a totally different podcast that we can start. <laughs> Welcome to the to the marketplace. Our no, Norwegian, I hate that. Marketplace. Norwegian. Someone give us a logo um, for our new podcast, the marketplace. <laughs> our, our podcast about the Norwegian economy. I love it. I love it. Um, we're gonna get Bjorkon as a special guest. She's from Iceland. I don't care. I want her on here. 
Oh my god, this is not relevant to anything at all, but one of my favorite things in the whole entire world is Kristen Wiig's Bjork impression on Saturday Night Live. It's so super good. Um, Okay, Uh, but we gotta, I'm sorry, we gotta wrap up the crap and then get some announcements. I know, we gotta, we gotta. But that's my first survival tip. Okay. Um, Like, again, you have plenty of notice, just go. Just Just go, just get get on air. Just go. Um, or carry a whole bunch of, like, emergency fish with you. And if you were worried that the Kraken is going to attack your ship out of hunger, dump all of your emergency fish in the water. <laughs> you know, it'll emergency take those fish. instead. It likes fish better than it likes you. <laughs> That's true. Your ship is crunchy and not good for eating. <laughs> I was gonna say, I feel like it would not enjoy the process of eating that a ship. That can't be fun, right? It has, like... I'm assuming, am I wrong? It either has, like, a beak or, like, a little crab mouth, and either one of those. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, a mile-and-a-half-wide creature that just has, like, a tiny crab mouth? <laughs> that would be so upsetting. Uh, um, don't park your ship on strange islands. <laughs> well. If you don't know what the island is, don't go there. We have, like, well-enough-established maps nowadays that you don't mm. have to go somewhere you shouldn't be. I feel like the Kraken is less of a modern-day threat. Like, it's more... I feel like the Kraken is more of, like, a something that was a threat once upon a time. Like, like a... Like, you know, the plague. Yeah. The Kraken is, like, kind of foregone at this point. Um, I will say, like, this is not a survival tip, but something that I desperately want more than anything in my life. Okay. If we're going to assume that the Kraken comes from, like, um, dinosaur origins, mm-hmm. I want nothing more than a film where Jeff Goldblum rows out, like, with a grizzled old sea captain, and he is Ian Malcolm, and they find a Kraken. Yes! More importantly, I want to be in that movie. I want to write it, and mostly so I can shake Jeff Goldblum's hand and say thank you. Also, which way do you pronounce your name? Please don't tell me not to speak to you. I just really want to know. That's what he's going to say. You can't know. It's forbidden knowledge. You can't Uh, have it. uh, Dark Jeff Goldblum, show me the forbidden name. (laughs) Um, Um, Okay, but here's the thing. If you can't, like, if we can't actually get him in it because our budget is, like, five dollars, instead, write the script anyway, and I will do my <laughs> Ian Malcolm imitation for you. Can you do it for I me I want right to now? play Ian Malcolm in this right horrible now? Kraken movie. Okay, you come up with a name for the Kraken movie starring Ian Malcolm and okay. I'll workshop uh, an Ian Malcolm over here for you. Alright. See, it's not a comedy, so I can't title Kraken it. Kraken Wise yeah, with I Dr. Ian Malcolm. <laughs> See, I can't title it when I want to title it. What did you want to title it? I wanted st- like, I was just, I wanted to title it Kraken Up. Um... <laughs> I like Kraken Wise. I like Kraken Wise, but that's if it's like a buddy cop movie. Kraken the Code. Oh my, that's a spy movie. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's um, like they're spying on the Kraken. <laughs> they're spying on the Kraken. It's easy because the Kraken is real big and you can see it from far away. Um, We're gonna crack in this case wide open. Oh, 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 oh. Um, oh she hates this. <laughs> it's distress. This is bad for her. <laughs> She she suffer. Um, oh boy, I want to like give one good button before we head into announcements, and I'm like stressing myself out. I feel like there's a crack wrapped around announcements, my heart. And yeah. then if you come up with like a really good one, we'll just, just like edit it back in before right. the announcements. Just put it like yeah, just like so. Take us to announcements. Okay, so announcements. Um, thank you so much to everybody who got in last month on our Patreon. Um, it's now past the first of the month, so those things have gone through. We got your sweet sweet moolah for you. We got some merch heading out your way. Um, we have, if you tuned into our live stream, um, thank you so much for that. It means that also that you got a sneak peek of the stickers that we have ready for you. They look super, super cute. Oh, they're so dope. So first things first, we're going to send them out to the people who won our sticker raffles, and then we'll have them available for purchase either individually or in sets. Um, speaking of people who have won our iTunes sticker raffles, we have a new one for you because we passed 40. 
Yes. And our winner today is iTunes reviewer John Badley, who I'm pretty sure is Jonathan Acosta. So, John, thank you so, so much. Mm -hmm. um, if you could just DM us either on Facebook or on Twitter, your mailing address, we'll get your stickers out to you. And yeah. they look super cute. And then you can tell your friends and Stick your family. Stick them on everything you own. Put them on your laptop. Put them on your dog. Put them on your dog's laptop. Put them on your face. Put them on your laptop's dog. Put them on your laptop's face. <laughs> Which is, I think, just the screen. Make your children wear them to the park. <laughs> and then put them on other kids. <laughs> That's how you could identify your child. Put them on the dog park. You ever forget what your child looks put like? Put them on the dog park's laptop. <laughs> you ever forget what your child looks like? Put them on the dog park's laptop's kid. Oh my god. You can identify your child by their sweet-ass cryptic keeper stickers. will be like, where's my kid? Oh, it's the one with an antlered Owen Wilson on their face. <laughs> uh, not gonna mistake that kid for anyone else. At least not yet. We're not that famous. Put him on your Kraken. Put him on your Kraken. Put him on your Kraken's dog. <laughs> Aww. What if it has a dog? I want the Kraken to have a dog. <laughs> it would accidentally crush it to death. We can't. Uh, you're so right. <laughs> It'd be very bad. Unless it has, like, a large, large crab dog. Oh, oh no. I don't so like that. I don't like that. I hate that Oh, my that gosh. This is, I'm so sorry. I'm going back a little bit here, but, like, one thing I found out when I was researching the Kraken that I love so much... Yes? ...is because for so long people knew so little about what was living in the ocean, a prevalent school of thought for a long time was they just assumed that every land animal had an ocean counterpart. Ah! Which is why, like, the manatee is like, oh... This is a sea cow. <laughs> like, this ah. is not a new thing. This is a thing we have up here. But you guys also have it down there in those horrible water depths. I love that. I love that. See, that's what makes mermaids make so much sense to me. It's just like, you're sea people. So there are sea dogs down there, is oh. what I'm saying. And the Kraken has one. Can't wait to pet them. I can't wait to pet the sea dog. <laughs> Alex, please do not pet the sea dog. You will drown. Or the sea bear. I will <laughs> pet the sea dog. <laughs> Alex, please. It is my plan to go out petting some kind of dog. Like, so stop I know trying it. to find Alex, a way to tell Alex, me no. please, do not leave me a grieving podcast widow. Um, okay, do we have any more announcements? I think that's about it. Um, just keep reviewing. Um, we are going to keep running our iTunes raffle at least through another set because I want to at least get it to 50. And then yeah, we'll see from absolutely. there. Um, probably we'll have some more because we'll have some more stickers left over oh, for totally. you guys. Oh, totally. Um, so yeah, I think that's all we have for now. Yeah. I thought I, thought I could think of a better movie. I can't. I can't. Crack in the code, crack in the case. Crack in the walls down between two brothers. <laughs> oh, so so Ian Malcolm and the Salty Sea Captain are brothers now. <laughs> no, they're like, they're not like brothers like they're related, but they're like brothers. Maybe they're stepbrothers. They're step Maybe they're estranged stepbrothers. Nailed it, got it, done, sold it, sold it to Hollywood, I'm a millionaire, everything's great. Cool. Amazing. So yes, very good. Thank you for it. thank you for tuning in. Um, <laughs> I hope we can keep you around. Hope we can crack cracking you around. Keep um, you around is already a pun on Crypto Keeper. <laughs> don't try to make it better. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. You're not my real mom. Alright. Uh, hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there. <laughs>